Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome, you're listening to the I Can't Believe I Get Paid to Do This podcast from BBC Good Food. Do you dream in food? Are you starting your first job, trying to change your path, writing your CV right now, or simply curious as to how the food on your plate gets there? We're focusing on the careers side of the food industry in this new series. I'm your host, Miriam Nice, and in this podcast, I'm going to be uncovering what it takes to have some of the most enviable jobs in the wonderful world of food. Is going to a restaurant your favourite thing to do? Are you the one that all your friends and colleagues come to when they want to know where's good to eat? And do you wish that was your job? Well, with me today is restaurant writer and reviewer who writes for us BBC Good Food, our sister brand Olive Magazine, and for websites like Infatuation London. If that wasn't enough, she's also a startup executive and consultant. Eileen Twum, welcome to the podcast. Eileen, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh, great. I called you a restaurant writer, not restaurant critic, because you do more than just review. That's right. Um, Yes. um, So I review, I write guides. I also like to um, write about like cultural impacts in, in, in food and culture as well. And how long have you been writing about restaurants and what were you doing before that? So I have been writing about restaurants since 2016. And before that, um, I was a um, management consultant and also working for startups. Um, And the reason I got into writing reviews and writing guides, etc., was um, one of the startups I worked for was The Infatuation, which I met with the team back in 2016 when they were launching their London Arm. And I came over not to become a restaurant writer, but to actually help them set up the business from a business point of view. Um, and um, they asked if I'd like to try writing, to which I said no, because I have a B in GCSE English and I've been doing everything not to do with writing before that, really. Um, I've got an engineering degree, so I'm not like you're a classic writer, um, but um, they told me to give it a try. I tried and they said, this is not great, but there's something in here. <laughs> but I think they liked my personality and sense of humour that I brought to the table. So actually I got into it because I went into a writing boot camp with the infatuation team and I came out as a writer and um, that was kind of, kind of necessary to help build the brand and help build content onto, on the website. There was only two of us in London at that time. So that's how I fell into restaurants writing. <laughs> Fantastic. There's so many people who just fall into their like careers and, and I think it's, it's great. Like, like, and fall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but what did you, if you go right back to the beginning, if I mean, mm. what did you want to be when you grew up? Like what's your earliest memory of that? I think one of um, my earliest memories was actually from secondary school. I, I was one of those weird kids that I really enjoyed English, but I wasn't like terribly amazing at it. So what came out of that is I eventually just wanted to be a soap writer. I wanted, to, but not good, not good soap. I wanted to write trash TV. 
for a living. That's, you know, <laughs> that's, that's really what I wanted to do. I wanted to write all those terrible storylines you'd see in Sunset Beach and all these, like, telenovelas. And, like, I just wanted to do that because I just thought they were ridiculous. And at that time, I was quite a ridiculous human anyway. So I just thought they were just really fun. Um, and I think um, my... English teacher at the time did see like some talent in me but it was just like I took too long to get to the point so a lot of my writing as I've got older is like trying to actually get to the point um so that's what I really wanted to do um but um I went in I went down a very traditional engineering route and um went to uni and did that instead but um yeah and um I still have the dream of writing trash tv so I was gonna ask if like what you're doing now is your dream job no you want to write a soap and I love it I love it I have to get you back on when you're so yeah exactly (laughs) you know that terrible thing you've been watching on a Saturday night I wrote it yes brilliant yeah um okay what is your what's your favorite thing about the the work that you're doing now I've always really enjoyed just telling people um what to do not what to do in terms of like what to do but like I really love experiences um I think where I say I've fallen into this role like I have a big food background I think um the job I've had as a management consultant is given an amazing amount of privilege because from like young age you're you know, pre-COVID, you're given a credit card, you have to work in different parts of like the UK or around the world. So I was always eating out per se. And so um, I was that friend that you were describing about in your intro, where where do <laughs> we go on a Friday night? But I, I, I really do enjoy experiences as a whole. I like um, I'm creating memories. I, I like moments. I like things when they go a little bit array as well. Because <laughs> I just find like I just find humor in things not always going to plan anyway. So that's my sense of humor. But um, but also like I really just like when someone's asked me like, oh, me and my friend have got this. We want to do this thing. Like maybe we want to meet up and we need somewhere we need to chat and it has to be a bit quiet. But we want food to be good. I like solving that kind of problem and telling people where to go. So this is what I really do like about my job is like helping people get to where they want to be and create memories that they want to create whether good bad funny etc so yeah that's lovely I love that feeling as well like food doesn't just exist on its own I think it's part of that whole context Mm. part of that experience part of that memory and everything else that's happening I think that's yeah that's lovely so what is the last I'm being nosy now what is the last thing you ate well, right now, or yeah. So um, my mum, so I'm actually staying with my mum at the moment and she, so we're Ghanaian in heritage. So she makes this yam porridge in the morning, which is a savoury porridge and it's got, um, it's got either fish or chicken and it's the um, it's yam that's cut down um, till it's quite soft and mushy and then like tomato and spices are added into it. And so it's like this savoury morning porridge from Ghana. So that's, actually the last thing I ate today. That sounds um, delicious. But it is actually delicious and it's really like warm and like hearty and stuff like that. So that's the very last thing I've eaten today, which was about five minutes before I chat. So is there any left? Can I come round? I've just had a yogurt. Um, there is not, sorry. <laughs> and I'm not I wouldn't even share it with you. I'm not I'm that person, sorry. I'm just 
you know, <laughs> it's mine. <laughs> you know, there are some things, but that that would have been like, oh, that would have hurt if I actually. <laughs> <that over> <laughs> I am, that's the kind of person I am. I just exposed myself there. <laughs> okay, so talk me through a kind of typical day because I'm guessing it's not nine to five if you're going out. Right now, because I'm writing for Olive, it's um, it's kind of less pressure because it's like once a month um, I'm creating content, but I do create content for in other ways as well. And I say the typical days, I usually try and schedule going to a restaurant around something I want to do or people I want to see. So <laughs> for the most part, it, it's, oh, we're meeting up for drinks or dinner. Okay, let's, I need to try this place. Do you want to come try with me? And so, so when it comes to actual writing, I actually don't really like to do that much research before I go to a restaurant. I don't want to, because I just don't really want to be influenced as to what everyone else is saying about it. So it's more that, more where it is and what kind of food it's going to be. And maybe just look up the menu because one of my key skills at the moment is I can order. I'm a good, I'm very good at ordering at restaurants. Like I could think I can pick out now, like what's going to work and what's going to not going to work. So that's basically what happens. But when I get to the restaurant, I just really want to like just see it from really like from a punter's point of view like like how a person would experience it are they nice to you at the door do they you know how long does it take to seat you are they treating everyone else the same like you know how how is it how's the ambience how do they you know and I do notice sometimes how they treat other people there and you know all those things and then comes down to the menu comes down to the server, like how they're serving you. And, and yeah, just starting to notice everything that's kind of happening in the room whilst also balancing it with whoever's with me. And then also um, hoping that the person doesn't hate the food that we've, <laughs> I've ordered for us because that is a, that, that is not a democracy at that point. It's a bit of a dictatorship. And then it's a case of like, you know, when the food comes out, I do enjoy it, but I also have to be like kind of concentrate on what's happening on the plate with my palate, with everything that's going on. So there's quite a few things to be thinking about when you're kind of going through that process. Um, um, just noticing like how long the food t- t- um, takes to come out, if you can see the kitchen, all of these kind of um, environmental kind of like data points that you're taking in as well. Um, and then um, And then I go home. And then depending on how I'm feeling about the place, either I can write about it straight away, but sometimes it just takes me a few days just to like absorb and marinate in the experience, check back with friends, how they thought about it as well. Not to let that influence me, but sometimes it's nice to see if they're on the same page or maybe if they notice something that I hadn't noticed and then spend um, time just writing the review. (laughs) So when you're, I just want to ask you, like when you're in the restaurant, um, do you kind of take notes or photos or anything while you're there? Or do you have like a photographic memory of what Um, you've I take photos because um, I'm in food. So (laughs) it's just like, it's now like a nervous twitch. I take photos all the time. I, I was taking photos of food before I think it was cool to do it and before it was 
cool to put on Instagram. So it is honestly like a, a, a bad habit. My Some of my friends are very much like make jokes about, oh, you know, food's getting cold and all that stuff. People are shocked that I don't take that many notes. I sit with friends and they're like, oh, did you make a note of that and stuff like that? I do have quite a good memory. <laughs> But I think it unsettles people when I'm not like on my phone taking notes. But also one of the big things for me is really like absorbing myself in the atmosphere of things and the experience. So um, I, I will go home and sometimes on the train home and the cab home, I'll write some notes post the experience. But while I'm there, it's very much like... Okay, mental note of that, mental note of that, mental note of that. And the, and the pictures help a lot because when I look at the pictures, then stuff comes back to me, especially some of the flavours and some of the experiences as well. So That makes a lot of sense because then you're sort of aware of the experiences like as yeah. they're happening. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Um, and also, how has it changed like your enjoyment of going out for dinners for like celebrations like how, now that you do it as a job like how has that changed your relationship with that activity I still really enjoy it I think the only thing I've had to change slightly is not to be a dictator about the menu and you know allow for other people to input and maybe even convey their desires and choices of what to eat at the meal. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Something I'm working on, working through. <laughs> you just um, need some really, you just need more really indecisive friends, then you'll be fine. Yeah, but that's, that's where I've been going. Like, yeah. like my favourite people I go out with, I'm like, oh, what do you want to eat? And they're like, I don't know, we'd leave it to you. I'm like, great. yeah the friends with opinions yeah I tend to not see them that much anymore (laughs) but yeah I I still really enjoy it I mean I I think it's really you know it has changed over Covid as as well because everyone is still finding it quite difficult Um, and I think everyone's just being a lot more kinder about experiences and stuff like that but I, I still really enjoy it I think it's a real lovely privilege to be able to do it and I'm always really excited about anything that's new or changing or just what watching London change in the food scene over the years it's just been really nice to watch and I'm very nosy and I'm very excited about any new trends that are coming in or any new um cuisines that are you know for everyone to kind of explore going forward yeah and how do you find that out like how do you go about looking for new places so I think when you're in it um, and I say like within the industry and like media um, you do get sent a lot of um, information but it's um, for me I have a couple people who like really 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 like exploring like brand new places and so those people might tell me about places um and also London's like huge like absolutely huge if you haven't noticed and the UK's huge as well so you can't really know everything and as whereas I can probably tell you like pretty much every good restaurant in southeast London from like London Bridge down to like Brixton all the way across to maybe like Deptford like southwest London is still a mystery to me and anything pretty much outside of like um well Soho and stuff everyone kind of knows in Shoreditch but like anything outside of that my knowledge is actually like not that 
deep. So then you rely on friends in that area if you're visiting that area. But usually, um, you know, I follow some um, food bloggers, some of them my friends, and and yeah, if I like the look of something or if someone says, oh, I know you're going to like this place, go visit, then that's how basically I find out about the new places. Yeah. And what are you looking for in a really good place? I, I just like thoughtfulness. I like that everything's been considered. So, you know, I don't, um, I am one of like prince to pauper people. I don't know if that's politically correct, but like, I like, I do like really high-end restaurants, but I also really, really like local stuff as well. And I really just like the experiences that each of them provide or, and everything in between. So it's just like, um, there has to be this want to like, even just share the experiences of whether it's the place you're from, the culture, the ingredients, whatever it is. And so a good restaurant for me is just one that, you know, makes good food, provides a great experience of enjoying that food and just makes everyone feel welcome. So it doesn't really matter if it's like really high end or your local shop. And, you know, there's some really great small places that you go into and you'll feel like, the love in the food and the, you know, every, you'll taste every single layer they've put into the the meal. And, you know, for me, that's as important as maybe a Michelin star restaurant, you know? So all I'm looking for really is like the experience and just the thoughtfulness and even the kindness in sharing people's like heritage, culture, like all of that stuff, but it comes through on a plate and in an experience. If we go back to what you're talking about in terms of the writing sort of technical side, you said that you went to like a writing boot camp. Is there anything that you would suggest that people do in terms of like qualifications? Is there anything like required? And I think this is a chance just to really just clear up um, a, a couple of things that I know have been troubling me for a little while about this industry. It is a highly privileged industry. I'm not. I'm not going to sugarcoat that at all. A lot of the food writers critics there's really no way of doing this and acquiring the amount of knowledge you need to acquire without money and having time to spend in these places and stuff like that I think it comes down to being able to tell a good story basically um and being able to convey that um and so in the technical element it's just around like you'll read like quite if you read like a lot of people other restaurant critics writers um they've all got their own style some of them don't even talk that much about the food <laughs> some of them are just want to like get off their chest what's happened to them in a week and then talk about the food on top of that and it's just around for me it's very important that I write in a way that I talk to a friend um because I'm very much about I want you to go here this is why I'm telling you and that's the kind of story that I, I like to tell um but yeah I think the real technical element is about being able to become to be a storyteller basically and be able to write a good story um and the subject matter just happens to be the restaurant you're in and the food that you're eating okay and what about cooking like is is that a big passion of yours as well yes (laughs) it is yeah um and I think um yeah so cooking is a big passion um during lockdown I became um in in my neighbourhood, like the resident cook, <laughs> so and it was just because um I, I wasn't working at the time, so I was quite 
bored of what to do. So I decided to, um, one of my neighbours decided to do her sommelier course. And I was like, well, we're going to need food to go along with all the wine. We're going to help you try to help you pass your course, right? But before that, I cooked a lot. I, I always cooked a lot. I, um, especially in, in New York, it's um, quite interesting because um, a lot of people who live in Manhattan don't really cook. And um, when I got to New York, I found pretty much any every Brit that was living in New York at that time. And we'd make Sunday roasts and um, big meals because it's just what we're all used to. Nice. How important do you think cooking is and being able to cook is for someone wanting to be a, a restaurant writer? Um, so it can help with maybe just understanding how dishes might be pulled together. Um, I've got a real gripe with the word spicy. Yeah. I think it's one of the worst words in the world. It doesn't help describe a lot of food that's happening around globally. Yeah. Um, because also, which, which spice are you talking spice about? Are you talking um, about, yeah. Is it hot it also or took what? me, Yeah. And it, it was really interesting. I used to um, be, get very confused. Um, so a few of my uh, Middle Eastern friends, um, like over the years have said they didn't like Indian cuisine because it was too spicy. And I'm like, but Lebanese, like, Lebanese food, like... <laughs> other foods like yeah. your food's spicy yeah and they're talking about chili and okay. chili heat so you know and so this is why this word is just like um that that's that word in itself I could write about a whole essay about why it's a terrible word in England in the English language okay so before we go um can you leave us with a few things that if somebody um wants to get into writing about restaurants they need to do or look at yeah um so the first thing i'd suggest is to break your palate and what i mean by this is whether we acknowledge it or know it or not everyone really does have their their palate accustomed to kind of one food type and it's usually what you've grown up on so um as much as um like i grew up with eating Ghanaian food and thinking that i was amazing at yeah, I had a great palate because of that. Actually, what you find is it um, you really need to step out that zone to understand the nuances in other cuisines as well and other layers and just to see other and just to see how other food cuisines work. So it really is about trying the things that you don't like. It really is, you know, I, I've never heard of that type of food and actually going to try it. And take and maybe going with people who know more about that cuisine, who can explain to you why what's happening in your mouth is happening. Because um, I think it, you know, eating food um, or especially exploring food culture is is going to is a never ending kind of journey. Um, the second one is like um, if for me, you know, food is important. The food is important in restaurants, so. Um, if you're going out to restaurants now, just like really just understand why you like it. What is it about, you know, that um, bacon and egg sarni from that particular cafe that you really enjoy? And just start to like really understand what that, um, you know, why you like the food that you like. Um, yeah, just be really curious about your surroundings as well. You know, um, a restaurant is about the environment, it's about the people and stuff like that. So start to just take notice of that. Um, um, I um, diversify everything like 
the restaurants, music, food, media and everything. Um, really um, writing or going or becoming a um, restaurant writer is about learning, as I said before, learning to write a story. So as much influence you have in that to help write that story, do that <laughs> as much um as possible and yeah just learn to tell a story um i think um one good book is aa gill's t- um table talk i think that's pretty much the standard of food writing mainly because it's just so funny it really is and you know and it just shows that the restaurant doesn't always have to be the center of the narrative it should be but there's fun ways of weaving in um humour or parts of your life or anything and you know it is like I said it's about telling a story and that's what connects with people and if you like to watch things I am going to admit that I don't really love watching food media that much I know terrible Uh, um, (laughs) but um, Chef's Table um, is a good way of exploring the world from your living room and I think they do really good and that's on Netflix, and it's a really good program just to like really just see a what's going on in the world, but also really understand like how people pull things together and create really artistic um, dishes and really culturally relevant dishes around the world. So, yeah, fantastic. Those are my tips. <laughs> Great stuff. And Ivy, thank you so much for joining me no, out on the. I can't welcome. believe I get paid to do this podcast. <laughs> yeah I can't believe I get paid to do this (laughs) it's been absolutely brilliant brilliant. yeah thanks for having me next time I'll be finding out about another dream job in food in the meantime Eileen's going to be recording a bonus episode with us in which you'll learn some essential trade secrets directly from her she's going to be talking you through how to put together your own guide to your favorite restaurants so don't miss that at the weekend for more information visit bbcgoodfood.com forward slash podcasts bye for now You've been listening to the I Can't Believe I Get Paid to Do This podcast from BBC Good Food, hosted by me, Miriam Nice. Join me next time as I uncover another dream job in food and drink. 